1: Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
2: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry,
2: sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I
1: pronounce you lucky.
0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for a very special episode of the Let's Ride podcast. It is Tuesday. It is a victory Tuesday. That just sounds really strange. But nonetheless, the Steelers win 24-17. And as I told you, if you listen to my Monday show, that on Tuesday you're going to get a special winners and losers podcast to give you the rundown on what I thought of this game. Now, for my full thoughts, you're going to have to wait until Wednesday's podcast Be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for my tweet on Tuesday about questions for the mailbag segment. I'll give you my whole rundown. I just want to tackle the winners and losers here, so this podcast is not going to be as long as it typically is. It's going to be shorter. We're going to talk about some quick-hitting news to get things started off. Then we're going to head into the winners, take a quick break, and we'll finish up with the losers before we call this thing a show. Let's start with the news. The news outside of the Steelers winning a football game for once – was the injuries. Uh, there was really only one injury that was mentioned by Mike Tomlin after the game and that was Tanaji Harris. It was labeled as an abdominal injury. Uh, folks that are curious like what does that even mean? Uh, it can be an abdominal strain. Uh, you can have the abdominal wall could could be torn or strained or you know a strain is technically a muscle pull, muscle tears, stuff like that. It could also be as as se- severe as a as a groin injury because technically the abdominal wall goes down into the groin area. It could be like a sports hernia. You don't know. Like the, the, the abdominal area is such a vital part of the human body, and especially with athletes and the way that they move, very, very important aspect of the human body. Not that they're, one's more important than the other, but it, it's just so vague that it's tough to really diagnosed, but it was bad enough that Najee Harris left the game and he wasn't running the ball poorly. He had 35 yards on 10 carries, 3.5 average. That's right. Even I can do that math. And it's one of those situations where he wasn't able to return. So keep that in mind. In a short week, they're going to be traveling down to Atlanta for their the game next week. It's going to be an injury to keep an eye on. Very, very important. The only other injury of note was not even brought up by Tomlin until someone asked him about it. That was Levi Wallace leaving the game that was when the officials stopped the game. They asked him to be removed. This typically happens from a, a, uh, an official in, in the press box or in that area of the stadium. If they see something that they feel that needs to be checked out, player gets his head hit, doesn't look right, they can do that. And that's exactly what they did. Mike Tomlin said that he doesn't know who called for Levi Wallace to leave the field but that he respects it. He understands what they're trying to do. Thankfully, the Steelers ended up winning the game, and that didn't come back and haunt them or anything like that. Okay, winners and losers from the Pittsburgh Steelers, 24-17 to win over... That's right, the Indianapolis Colts. The Steelers have now won eight straight games against the Colts. I said this on Monday. I'll say it again. The last time the Colts beat the Steelers was in 2008. Peyton Manning at Heinz Field is a thriller of a game. This one, very strange game. I am still trying to wrap my head around this game, but I came up with nine winners and five losers from this win in Week 12 on Monday Night Football. Let's start things off with the winners list. The first is... Takeaways. You know, the Steelers aren't turning the ball over, and that's fantastic, but they're also taking the ball away at a good clip as well. For the second straight week, they get two takeaways, this time one interception, one fumble recovery, and they needed those. They needed those in every instance. The interception by James Pierre was fantastic. He would have kind of been an honorable mention on the winner's list. I did not give him his own category, but he's listed here with that interception. Uh, It definitely helped the Steelers' momentum on the road early in the game. The fumble recovery, while it did not lead to points, was huge because it kept points off the board for Indianapolis. So, yes, those takeaways were absolutely huge. Kudos to Chris Wormley for being able to rip that ball away from Matt Ryan after Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan fumbled the exchange. Those takeaways were necessary. They were necessary and definitely helped lead to victory. The next winner, I guess you could say winners, Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. So here you have two guys, fill-ins. They're fill-ins. And Anthony McFarland gets called up from the practice squad based on the fact that Jalen Warren was ruled out with his hamstring injury. Benny Snell's been on the roster. He just has been a special teams guy. Hadn't had a carry yet this season. Combined, Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane rush 18 times, 92 yards, and one touchdown. They ran the ball hard. I thought that they gave the Steelers everything that they possibly could. It was a good day for these two guys. And two guys that they have not had it easy since entering the NFL. We'll put it that way. Not that the NFL is easy on anyone, but they have not had a smooth road as they go throughout the National Football League. You think about Benny Snell being drafted in the middle rounds, never really panning out. Anthony McFarlane can't stay healthy, and even when he does, someone like Jalen Warren comes in and kind of takes his spot. It was good to see these guys, these fill-ins, stepping in and stepping up, and they're on the winner's list because of it. The next is kind of tied to... Benny Snow and Anthony McFarland, but it's a little bit more broad-spectrum stuff. We're talking about the running game. The Steelers, as a team, carried the ball 36 times for 172 yards, a 4.8-yard average. They had two rushing touchdowns and a 16-yard long. Don't look now, folks, but this team is starting to carve out an identity for themselves, and it is all about the stat line I just read, running the football. That is the key to the Steelers success moving forward. Don't turn it over and run the ball. When they can do those two things, they are going to be in every game. That does not mean they're going to win every game, but they are going to be in every game. They did that in against Cincinnati. They were not they did not win that game, but they were in that game. They did it against Indianapolis. They win that game. The Saints, you you understand where I'm going with this. This is the identity of the team this year. The running game was a big-time winner for the Steelers in Week 12. Again, 4.8-yard average. I'll take that. Two touchdowns, yes. 172 yards. Sign me up every week. I love it. Running game is definitely a winner. The next was was unique. You know, I've done the first-half offense. I've done the second-half defense, stuff like that. This time I'm going the offense in the first, second, and fourth quarters. Yes. First, second, and fourth. Why? All the points scored by the Steelers, all 24 points, they were in those quarters. First, second, and fourth. If you want the complete breakdown, the Steelers scored three in the first, 13 in the second, and eight in the fourth. Remember, they had that two-point conversion to one George Pickens. So, you have all the points scored in those quarters. Now, the third quarter offense, we'll get to that in a second. But still, the first, second, and fourth quarters, I have to be honest, yeah, the fourth quarter, they they did have some three and outs. People have to remember, even the best offenses in the NFL do have three and outs. It is not as if Patrick Mahomes and some of these elite quarterbacks that you see on a week-in and week-out basis, Jalen Hurts, think about him with the Philadelphia Eagles, that they never – that they, they're, they're always moving the chains, that they never come off the field. That just doesn't happen. Uh, every team fails on third down from time to time, and it just happens that the Steelers tend to do that at the worst times. But in the fourth quarter, while they did have some three and outs, it did not kill them. They were able to put together a really impressive drive that was capped off by a Benny Snell touchdown run. I liked what I saw from the offense in terms of the trajectory. They are, tr- they are trending in the correct the right direction. So for me, the offense, basically for the entire game, minus one quarter, they did a tremendous job and deserve, and that's Matt Canada. That is the the players executing those plays. Phenomenal stuff. There is still that one quarter though, and we'll get to that. The next winner is Alex Highsmith. He finishes with six tackles, four solo. He had a sack he had two quarterback hits and a forced fumble, that strip sack of Matt Ryan, which was a crucial play. They needed a negative play. That's something the Steelers did not have a lot of. You know, the, the Indianapolis Colts came into this game on Monday Night Football in Week 12 surrendering 40 sacks. Now, not all of those were against Matt Ryan because they obviously switched at the end of the, uh, the Frank Reich era. They had switched quarterbacks. But still, this defense, they needed to pressure the quarterback. And they just weren't able to do it on a consistent basis. T.J. Watt, he's not on this list. He was kind of a non-factor. Now, yes, he'll draw attention. Alex Highsmith gets more one-on-ones. He's the one that gets a sack. But let's also not pretend that Alex Highsmith's production was strictly in pass rush mode, if you want to put it that way. He was also great in run support. In the fourth quarter, he was the one that came up with that big stop on third down, Forced the fourth down, which was eventually an incomplete pass, and the Steelers, they get into the victory formation. Alex Highsmith played big when it mattered the most. And that's why is he that's why he's on the winners list for that exact reason. Next winner, a lot of people, because anytime I put this guy on the winners list, there's a certain there's a certain group of the fan base that just flips out, and that's Kenny Pickett. I have Kenny Pickett on the winners list. His stat line is as follows: 20 of 28, 174 yards, a 6.2 average, he didn't throw a touchdown, also didn't throw an interception, was sacked 3 times for 23 yards with an 87.5 rating. You know the funny thing is, I I fully admit that Kenny Pickett is so far from a finished product, it's it's really kind of ridiculous. Anyone that thinks that he is, I don't know what game you're watching. However, I do think that rookie quarterbacks, especially ones that don't come in with the polish that some people expect in first round picks, uh you got to get some help from time to time. And I'm not talking about, you know, receivers that are making these ridiculous catches. George Pickens, I'm sorry. I know that the touchdown, the would be touchdown, that it probably would have, it, it was a little high. But at some point, the receiver's got to help you make a play. He tries to bring that in with one hand. I feel like he could have gotten two hands on it and, and make that catch. He didn't, incomplete. Not getting much help. You think about the pass to Pickens again. It's low, yes. He gets two hands cleanly on the ball. Can't bring it in. Got to help your guy out. Deontay Johnson in the end zone. Guy hasn't caught a touchdown pass yet this season. Good throw. Good back shoulder throw. He gets his body squared up. He drops the ball. Somewhere along the line, you got to help your quarterback out. You have to bail the quarterback out. It might not be the best throw, and you got to bail him out. Kenny Pickett's been bailed out this season. He didn't get bailed out too much against the Colts. I thought Kenny Pickett was very efficient. I thought Kenny Pickett showed a lot of poise in the pocket. He does not have the happy feet that a lot of people thought he was going to develop when he started to see a lot of pressure. Uh, He... Steps up in the pocket well. They had some design runs. I think that Kenny Pickett is really progressing. And it's a large reason is that they don't, they're don't not asking him to go out and do it all. They're not asking him to go out and win the game by throwing the ball 30-plus times. I mean, he threw it 28 times. That's the sweet spot, 25 to 30. In between that range of, of attempts, that's where you want Kenny Pickett. If he's throwing it over 30 times, that's not good for the Steelers' offense. So they do their job. I think Kenny Pickett deserves to be on the winner's list. The next winner is just the fourth quarter offense. You know, in the fourth quarter, the Steelers only scored one touchdown, and it was the touchdown run by Benny Snell, that drive. But that drive was pretty impressive. I mean, when you think about it, the Steelers, they get the ball back. They're trailing by one. They're down 17 to 16. They've watched the Colts take all of the momentum. They've watched everything just kind of seemingly go against them. And it's one of those situations where they need a drive. They need a drive. Someone needs to make a play. And Kenny Pickett goes out there, and so does Anthony McFarlane, Benny Snell. They have a lot of good runs. But they had, Kenny Pickett delivered some really good passes on that drive. He goes, and I think his a, a first third-down conversion was to Pat Fryermuth. Had a couple big throws, one to George Pickens. That's what you want to see. The game's on the line. You need Yes, I would have loved nothing more than to see the team get the ball back, which they did with just under four minutes left and say, let's ice this thing out let's not give the ball back. But they did. They were able to kill a lot of clock, but they had to give the ball back, and the defense had to make a stand. But still, that fourth quarter offense, that, that's something we haven't seen a lot yet this year. The ability to go down and say, you know, we're down by one, that's okay, we've got you. Defense in the second half, and the special teams have kind of let us down. They gave up the lead, but that's okay. We'll get it back. That's what they did. They got the job done. The next winner is the third down offense. That's right. They finish at 50%. That is still my goal. I know Dave Schofield says it should be 40. I'm sticking with 50. They finish 7 for 14. What more can you ask? The greatest thing about this is that in the first half, at least, they weren't having a lot of third down conversions because they were converting on first downs or second downs and weren't even getting two third downs. But eventually, when it did get down to that in the third quarter, it was atrocious. We know that. Fourth quarter, not much better, but they they did string together some drives, like I just mentioned. And the last winner, time of possession. Steelers dominate time of possession. 34 minutes and 22 seconds to indianapolis's 25 minutes and 38 seconds you want to win don't turn the ball over and possess the ball at the same time run the ball grind out the clock that's why time of possession is on the winner's list all right we're going to take a quick break when i come back we're going to head to the losers side of the things and that'll be a wrap i'll be right back stay tuned All right, Steeler fans, welcome back to the second part of this very special Tuesday Let's Ride podcast. It's time for the winners and losers. We just did the winners in case you missed them. I'll rehash those right now for you. The winners were takeaways. Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland, the Steelers running game, the offense in the first, second, and fourth quarters, Alex Highsmith, Kenny Pickett, the fourth quarter offense, third down offense, and time of possession. Let's talk about losers. I have to start with Dan Moore, Jr., Dan Moore Jr. is the loser. He had a really bad holding penalty. He was beaten on multiple occasions. You know, this is something I heard uh, K.T. Smith say on the Here We Go Steelers show, and that airs every Friday with Brian Davis. And he said that he feels like the last seven games of the regular season is like a tryout for Dan Moore of whether the Steelers go out and get themselves a tackle or if they think he's the guy. I got to be honest, since then, I've been watching him a little bit closer. I'm not sure he's the guy. He did not play well against Indy, not in my opinion. I'm no expert, but still, the eye test, I didn't think he played that well. And those penalties, the sacks given up, they are an absolute killer for a very fragile offense. And that's exactly what the Steelers have. And that's why Dan Moore is on the losers list. Okay, four more. Next is kickoff coverage. This is something that Mike Tomlin said in his post-game press conference more than once, how bad it was. How horrible is it? I mean, when you think about the logistics of it, the Steelers go into halftime 16-3. They have a 16-3 lead. They had blocked a field goal attempt at the end of the half, and the Colts are due to get the football. So what do you do? The kickoff team goes out there. They let a guy, Dallas something, he gets the ball eight yards deep and returns it 89 yards to return, an 89 yard return to start the second half. They end up scoring. Next thing you know, that 16 to three turns to 16 and 10, and everything changes. Everything from that moment changed. The complete, I mean, it gave them life. There was nothing, they had nothing going in the first half, the Indianapolis Colts, and yet the Steelers kickoff coverage. They allow this guy to take the ball eight yards deep and get an 89-yard return. You just can't do those things, and that's why they're on the losers list. The next is pot, and no, we're not talking about marijuana. We're talking about points off of turnovers. The Steelers had zero, and none was worse than when James Pierre intercepts Matt Ryan, on his second throw of the game, and the Steelers offense comes out. They had just driven down the field. It was a beautiful drive. They kick a field goal, and now here you go. You're in business. They just gave you the ball in Indianapolis territory. Go out there, put up a touchdown, and you're up 10-0 in the drop of a hat. Instead, they don't even kick a field goal. That's the kind of stuff that kills you. The, The points off of the fumble that's tough. That was uh, that was in the deep in the in the pit in the Steelers' own ends in their own end. So still, points off of turnovers are huge, and they didn't get any. That's why they're on the loser list. The third quarter offense. If you go back, it's been a couple months, I think, or maybe like a month, when I had to do that impromptu stat geek podcast for Dave Schofield because he was ill. I looked up individual quarters how the offense plays out. For instance, which quarter do they do the best? Which quarter the worst? The third quarter was the worst quarter for the offense, and that rang true, again, in Week 12. They did not score a point. I don't even think they had a first down, maybe, in the third quarter. It was bad. Every time they got the ball, which it wasn't often, the Steelers' defense couldn't get off the field, but every time they got the ball, it seemed like it was a three and out. So the third quarter offense, zero points. You are a loser. And the last one is the third quarter defense. Because the flip side of the third quarter offense is that the third quarter defense, like I said, couldn't do anything well. They couldn't get off the field. They couldn't stop the run. It just seemed like the Colts were having their way with the Steelers' defense, whether it was passes to the tight end, Jonathan Taylor getting going with running the football. It could have been any number of things, but the third quarter defense gave up 14 total points, and I know that that first touchdown which was set up by the 89-yard return, is not all on the defense. But still, you hope that this defense could do a better job and keep things in check a little bit more. So those are your losers. That's it, five losers. Dan Moore Jr., the kick coverage team, points off of turnovers, third quarter offense, and the third quarter defense. I probably could have gone a little bit heavier on the loser side. I understand that. But ultimately, I look at this and think, they still found a way to win. It wasn't pretty. No one sh- no one should have expected it to be pretty, and they still found a way to win. The Steelers advanced to 4 and 7. Short week. Tomlin Tuesday coming up today, so make sure you're geared up for that, but you folks Make sure you also are on the lookout for that tweet for the mailbag segment. I will be back tomorrow, Wednesday, to give you a regular Let's Ride podcast, so be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, as I always finish out these podcasts, be safe, be kind, and God bless, and go Steelers. We'll see you on Wednesday.